of the brand new radio series. From Hollywood, we present the Stan Freeberg Show. With the music of Billy May. Plus the songs of Peggy Taylor with Doss Butler, June Parade, Peter Lee, to Dutch Cotton, for the Bears. You may not find us on your TV, because in case you did not know, we're being You've all heard about the death-defying army colonel, George Stapp, who rides a barren stretch of desert strapped in a rocket sled up to the speeds of 991 miles per hour. Tonight, we take you to Dry Lake, New Mexico, where reporter Herman Busby is interviewing another colonel who will be without... Herman Busby here on the desert of Dry Lake, New Mexico, and standing next to me is Leroy Strattle. And your plan is, Leroy Strattle. Uh, I'm going to, uh, yes, I'm going to bring in to our vast radio audience the on-the-spot reactions of the colonel as he is blasted down the rails. Have you installed the microphone in the colonel's rocket sled? Of course not. I'm going to hold the mic for him. Oh. <laughs> you don't seem to get the big picture, Busby. While the colonel is being projected in the sled, I will trot alongside. <laughs> Brought along alongside. Yes, I insist on bringing to our audience a graphic picture of the Colonel's on-the-spot reaction. But Leroy, aren't you in? Ah, oh, Colonel, <laughs> Leroy Straddle here. I'm rather busy, son. <laughs> yes. Well, we can see you were rather busy there, securing yourself in that rocket sled, preparing yourself for that death-defying journey down that mile and a half stretch of gleaming steel rail. Get out of the way, please. I can assure you, Colonel, that the heart of every listener in Radio Land goes with you down those slick, sleek rails. Rocket sled to blockhouse, everything secure in the sled. Okay, Colonel, ready when you are. We will give you the ten-second count. Oh, is there some sort of fire here? What is that? Fire or a warning? It is just a warning to clear the area. Oh, well, I hope they get it cleared all right. <laughs> now, tell me, Colonel, uh, you will be going on that sled faster than the speed of sound. Uh, what preparations have you made for stopping the sled at the end of the run? I'll drag my foot. <laughs> well, imagine that, ladies and gentlemen. The Colonel is going to drag his foot. Will you please? The sled is break by a narrow channel of water between the tracks. Uh-huh. So this great test is to prove, then, whether or not water is a good thing to stop a sled. I hadn't just thought of it in that way. I was thinking that it might prove that a man could bail out of a jet plane at high speed and live through it. Say, that's an idea. You can test that, too. (laughs) Now, Colonel, as you are catapulted down the rails faster than the speed of sound, I shall jog alongside the rocket sled and get your reaction. You're going to run alongside of me holding that microphone? Yes, well, don't worry. Don't worry. I've got on my sneakers. And and uh, there's a long cord on this mic. Very long cord. Ten, nine, eight, seven. King's X, my sneakers untied. Seven, seven. Okay, I'm ready. Six, five. Don't be nervous, Colonel. I'll be four, running right alongside of you. That's a real comfort. Yes, Colonel. Hello. 
Chairman Busby back here at the concrete bunker. I can see through my binoculars that the Colonel's rocket sled came to a complete stop. Unfortunately, Leroy Strattle did not. Now it's back to... Chet Hornsley, speaking to you from CBS Portland, Oregon. An unidentified flying object with a microphone in its hand <laughs> has just broken through the sonic barrier at Main Street and Euclid Avenue at an altitude of 10 feet. The Ground Observer Corps reports that it's being pursued by what appears to be a pair of white sneakers. More from here later. Talk about your four-minute mile. Huh. Well, tonight we have a rather bizarre agenda, including an exciting lecture by Chief Boson's mate, George Salt, entitled, Thrilling Knots I Have Tied. <laughs> a song by Toothsome Peggy Taylor and Billy May playing five-foot-two, eyes of blue in his stocking feet. Seventh Avenue Hawaiians playing <laughs> five foot two eyes of blue. Everyone knows that the American husband is a handyman around the house. I mean, if a man can't do it himself these days, he might as well have stood in manual training. Let's uh, take a common problem, a leaky faucet, and see how the average American husband handles the situation. Man, you will tell me how to fix it in a jiffy whiffy. Here it is on page 168. How to fix a leaky faucet. Faucet faucet. Faucet faucet. <laughs> uh, let's see. First, loosen the packing nut. Oh, that's easy. Yeah, wait a minute. To loosen packing nut, use a number four Stilson wrench. Well, you got a number four Stilson wrench? 
No, but wait a minute. It says here, to make a number four Stilson wrench, take an eight by one inch bar of tempered steel. <laughs> Honey, where are my eight by one inch bars of tempered steel? Well, they're in your workshop, of course, next to the atomic reactor kit. Oh, yeah, sure. Come on. Here's your tempered steel, dear. All right, let me see now. Well, here we go. Place your tempered steel in your hydraulic punch press. Well, that's easy. Okay, steel is punched. Will you be quiet with that thing you wake the baby? Oh, yeah. Rock a pie, baby, in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. You know what? We were better off with a punch press. Okay, I'll fire it up again here. Okay, the steel is punched. Okay, now what? Now, let's see. Mm-hmm. When steel is properly cut in shape, place it in your electric threading machine. Use stock lower jaw. Oh, sure, I should have known that. La, la, la. La, la, la. Now I have a number four stills and wrench. Easy, wasn't it? <laughs> Come on. Now, see, now to loosen packing nut. And uh, now what? <coughs> packing nut is loosened. Oh, yeah, I see. Now what are you going to do? Now, let's see here. Mm, when packing nut is loosened, unscrew handle of faucet, thus exposing washer. All right. Mm, just a waterfall. When the... Water will now flow freely. What did you say? I said water will now flow freely. I can't hear you. Well, stick your thumb in the faucet. I still can't hear you. Wait a minute, I'll stick my thumb in the faucet. <laughs> now, what were you... What were you saying? <laughs> trying to tell you that the book says water will now flow freely. This I don't know. Look at the floor. <laughs> we could stock bass in the breakfast nook. <laughs> Well, let's see. Remove washer and inspect it thoroughly to make sure even the most microscopic flaw is detected. Place washer in your electronic microscope. Honey, where's my electronic microscope? You don't have one. I don't? Great Scott, do the neighbors know it? Well, I don't think so. That settles it, Madge. i got to get down to the appliance store and buy an electronic microscope right away. Yeah, but Harry, my thumb! <laughs> Well, sir, that's a mighty fine electronic microscope you've just bought. You're going to see things you've never seen before, sir. Uh-huh. Well, I just want to inspect the washers. So. Now, uh, what else can I hook you for, sir? I mean, interest you in, sir. <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing else. So how much is the electronic microscope, please? Uh, $432.50 mm-hmm. plus sales tax. Uh-huh. And the carrying charges, let's see, 10 times 400 no. plus interest no, plus see, service uh, allowance. No, look, plus... uh, no, look, I'm paying cash. Cash? Oh, <laughs> 
Oh, come now, sir. You can level with me. You don't really want to pay cash, do you, sir? Yes, certainly I do. Why shouldn't I? Well, it just isn't done, sir. <laughs> Look at me. I'm doing it. Here's the money. I'm sorry. You'll, you'll have to see the manager. Will you take my money? Well, come along, please. Don't fight me, sir. Will you come yes, along? Yes, but will you please just take the money? Mr. Byrne, this gentleman wants to pay cash. Mr. Byrne! What oh, dear, I... I shouldn't have sprung it on him so abruptly. Yeah. Here, Let me help you up, Mr. Byrne. Yeah. yeah. Shame. Oh. Are you all right now, sir? Yeah, that was the worst shock I had since they passed the law against usury. <laughs> but the gentleman... The gentleman insists on paying cash. What are we going to do, sir? Throw him out. Wait a minute. I just came here to buy a simple electronic microscope. Look. The water is running in my kitchen, and my wife is standing there with her thumb in a dike. Faucet. Why can't I just pay cash and go home? Young man. Let me pay cash. Let young pay man, cash. listen to me. Do you want to destroy the economy of the nation? The next thing you know, you'd be tempted to pay cash for a refrigerator or a television set. <laughs> Do you realize you are being un-American? Gosh. <laughs> I guess I never looked at it that way. Now, if you will just sign this sales contract. Well, yeah. Well, let me read it first. Read it? Young man, no one reads sales contracts. It's an invasion of a finance company's privacy. <laughs> didn't really think... I I'm sorry, Mr. Byrne. I didn't know this gentleman was such a bad credit risk. How could you possibly allow this man to think that he could buy anything from us? He's a fraud! A swindler! Call the police! After spending a night in jail, Harry was released. However, when he returned to his kitchen, he found that his wife had become exhausted holding her thumb in the faucet, and when she took it out, very nearly drowned. <laughs> Funnily enough, when he tried to pay cash for his wife's hospital bills, he was thrown in jail again because the only thing he had to put up for security was money. <laughs> this made him a bad security risk. However, his do-it-yourself manual has stood him in good stead. Working evenings in his cell, he has managed to turn out a balsa wood credit rating with a left-handed thread and two best-selling books. <laughs> Well, any minute now, running down the stairs, opening the studio door, flying across the stage, and looking up at me with big blue eyes will be the most delightful dark-haired imp named Peggy Taylor. You're not going to hum the Grand Canyon Suite tonight, are you? No. Tonight I'm going to sing Rainbow. Will that be okay? Sing it through once and I'll let you know, all right? Saving my money to buy you a rainbow, a rainbow to fit on your finger. After I've gone and bought you the rainbow, I'll go out and I'll buy you the moon. 
side-by-side in the moonlight We'll count the stars as we go strolling by And maybe one day we'll own those beautiful diamonds That glisten like the teardrops from your eyes You know how I feel on a moment like this We're hand in hand when we reminisce Your eyes seem to glow when you whisper love Oh, I really love you I'm saving my money To buy you a rainbow be okay, Peggy. Do that number. <laughs> Meanwhile, ah, someone knocks without. It must be our man with the knot lecture. Just a moment, please. Oh, it's you. Gee, I was expecting... <laughs> Anybody following me? Why? <laughs> no, I didn't see anyone. Gee, this is a surprise. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Tainter. Mr. Tainter, as you may recall, is the man who digs up the dirty linen in the history hamper. He has brought us such soiled unmentionables as the truth as he uncovered it behind Paul Revere's ride, Washington Crossing the Delaware, and the nostalgic tale of his grandfather who chickened out on Custer's last stand. I, uh, I take it you've been dipping into the hamper again, have you, Bob? I, uh, I don't believe we've met, Mr., um, uh, uh... Freeberg, you know me. I, I don't believe so, no. Why, you've been on the show a half a dozen times. Come on now, Bob. And No, you've got the wrong man, really. Um, uh, say, are we alone, Stan? Ah, uh, there's the Bob Tainter I know. Yes, we're alone. Oh, good, good. I, you see, I'm out of the history expose racket at the moment. I've sunk even lower. <laughs> this is possible? Well, I I see by the papers that labor racketeers are cleaning up these days. Mm-hmm. Yes, and labor is also cleaning up the racketeers. Well, let's not get morbid, Stan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, in other words, you've joined a union, have you? And uh, not exactly. There there seems to be a little discrimination there against letting me in. <laughs> so I've started a few unions of my own. Oh. That way. <laughs> They're small, but they're growing and growing. <laughs> and that way, I, I I can't get thrown out. You see, clear thinking. Say, I don't mean to criticize your ensemble, but uh, why those ballet slippers? Well, labor racketeering calls for clever footwork. <laughs> <laughs> and yours is dazzling. Yeah. Say, I notice you opened the door for me a minute ago. 
You got a union card to do that? <laughs> Why, no. Oh, it's too bad. You'll, you'll have to join the Brotherhood of Door Openers. I'm a member in good standing of AFTRA, the Radio Performers Union. Doesn't that cover me? Not anymore. I started the Door Openers Union. <laughs> when did you start it? Just now, when you opened Open the door. Open the door. <laughs> Fast thinking on your part. How much will the first month's dues be? Uh, Fifty bucks. Well, it's a little steep, isn't it? Yeah, but if you don't pay it, you can't touch the door. You see, you won't be able to leave the studio. Okay, I'll lower myself out the window on a rope, then. No good. You shinny down the rope once, you got to join the Hindu fakers local. <laughs> I, uh, I can take your dues for that, too. Yeah, I'll bet you can. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I'll have to pay you the money. Now you're wising up. Mm-hmm. You want cash? Naturally. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe you're on the diners club. <laughs> no, I'm a paid-up member of that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's just get on with it so we can finish the radio interview. Radio? Uh, you, you, you mean everything I'm saying is going out over the? Certainly. Now that's fifty dollars cash, was it? Uh, 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 to the best of my recollection, I may incriminate myself. Mm-hmm. Now, just a minute here. Haven't I read about you in the papers lately? Uh, to the best of my incrimination, I may recollect myself. <laughs> well, now, you're just being modest. I happen to know that you've been the kind of a labor leader the American working man could look up to. After making 2,300 old ladies in wheelchairs join a local because they were operating a moving vehicle, you only charged them one-third of their old-age pension for due. <laughs> and to the best of my fifth, I do not recollect myself. <laughs> I see. Well, do you recall this? Do you recall how much we usually pay our guests for coming by? Oh, yeah, I recall that all right. You usually come up with 75 clams. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew sooner or later you'd get your memory back. See me after the show, and thanks for coming by, I think. Gee, Stan, he left and he didn't even use the door. Yeah, I guess he wanted to avoid having to pay himself 50 bucks. Yes, but how could he leave without going to the door? Very simple. He slid under it. <laughs> Isn't that awfully difficult? No, for his type of man, Peggy, it has always been easy. Thank you. Many of you dear friends listening have a number of Stan Freeberg records at various sizes and speeds strewn about your house. Uh, this is not neat. To, uh... To rectify these litter bug tendencies, the Capitol people have thoughtfully collected 12 of my better-selling recordings into an LP album entitled A Child's Garden of Freeburg. Uh, you may think this to be a poor title. Tough. It's already... <laughs> it's already in the store. So that takes care of that. So uh, with the help of a uh, wandering vocal group now called the Toads... Yes... You heard right, the toads. I should like to sing a number from the album titled Shaboom. Life could be a dream. Life could be a dream. Okay, hold it. Hold it, you guys. This is a rhythm and blues number. You gotta be careful or somebody's liable to understand what you're singing about. You want that to happen? No. 
Well, Dan, you gotta talk unintelligible like me, right, Stella? You said it! <laughs> okay. Now, you guys want to sell a few records? Yeah. Well, Dan, stick some old rags in your mouth and take it again from the top, okay? Okay. 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 I don't want to say no words now. Real mumbly. Life can be a dream. Shaboom, the break that takes you up in paradise of a book. Shaboom, and tell me, darling, I'm the only one that you love. Life can be a dream. We are. Hello, hello again. Shaboom, the hobo will be the jibble. I'm like a little, I'm like a Nothing of June Foray in the touching role of Stella. I could be a dream. That's enough already. Right. <laughs> enough. So what happens now? <laughs> now I say this is Stan Freeberg saying thanks for listening, God bless you, and good night.
Stan Freeberg Show is produced in Hollywood by Pete Barnum. It's written by Stan Freeberg, Pete Barnum, and Jack Rose. Featuring the music of Billy May, Judd Conley's with the man, the song of the Peggy Dinner, Doss Butler, Peter Lee, and Jim Perret. Bud Sewell speaking.